Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we do a recap episode of the last eight episodes where we talked about healthy marriages. So we're going to talk about the first interview we did with Bill Hutchison and talked about all the things you need to get in line before you get married. We're going to talk about the things you do to build your spouse up and spark that passion back into your marriage. And then the 31 years and growing uh, celebration of Meg Lesnar and her husband, Michael, as she shared some of those nice secret to her success, I guess is the best way to describe that. And then we had two episodes back to back about marriage and finances. So sit back and relax unless you're operating heavy machinery and uh, boycotting the Dallas Cowboys because they are not winning. They can't even win on a bye week. That's how great they're doing. Um, Please don't egg my house. Egg Brandon's house. Uh, as I join Brandon and we have this conversation that recaps all of the marriage episodes we just had in the past eight weeks. Here we go. Brandon, how are you doing? I was going to say that was quite the intro. You you brought in the Cowboys and everything. I know. That's like, I don't know why I'm doing it. It's we're, just We're trying to talk about successful things and you brought up one of the biggest <laughs> reminders of the lack of success. <laughs> Oh, you know, I did it billions of dollars. I did that in episode 237 when I was doing the introduction to Dan Hines and it's an episode that Liv actually heard. And she said to me, Ooh, you're, you're playing with fire there. You know, (laughs) if, if my mom hears that episode, you're a dead man. You know that, right? And I was like, yeah, it's a good thing. Wait, does she listen to the show? I don't know. <laughs> there, there are some things that are sacred for no uh, apparent reason in Texas. Football is one of those things. And more Brisket, specifically, the barbecue. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, specifically the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> because you you are either on one side of the fence or the other. There are no like mediocre people that they will fight to the death or they just don't care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And here I am playing with fire in the city of Dallas. Yeah. Dogging on the Cowboys. Uh, so hopefully they don't locate me and find out where I live, but they at least know where I work because I should probably take that off my profile on Facebook. But anyway, it does seem that from what I've heard, they have a lot of trouble finding anything anymore. So uh, you should be safe. <laughs> there we go. I remember seeing a meme though of the, the Dallas Cowboys 17 points and their bye week 21 points. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw one that said, don't throw that VCR away. It's the only way you're going to see the Cowboys in a Super Bowl anytime soon. Like, ouch. Oh, man. Fortunately, my amazing son is 26. And unfortunately, he was born the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. So oh, boy. Oh, boy. He has never experienced that in his life. But he doesn't seem to care either. So I think it's okay. Okay, so the reason why we came on to this episode is that we wanted to recap the last eight episodes where we talked about healthy marriages, and we kicked it off with Bill Hutchison talking about his career as a marriage coach and marriage counselor, primarily as a marriage coach, working with pre-married couples, you know, seeing that they are going into their marriage relationship intentionally, purposefully, and that they have the skill sets to make that marriage work. 
from day one. And then we kicked off our four-part marriage series where the first week was about some statistics that brought you hope that, you know, half of marriages did not end a divorce. And then we talked about um, two or three episodes where it was just like, oh, two episodes where we talked about some tips to kind of spark things in your marriage that uh, pour into your spouse, that pour into the time that you spend with your spouse. And then that fourth episode was about uh, the things you speak over your spouse. And then we brought in Meg Gillesner, uh to talk about her 31 years of marriage with Michael and just some of the lessons she had learned. And the great thing about that episode to me, and we'll talk about this a little bit deeper, was just how she, not knowing the other four episodes preceding, touched on almost everything we talked about. And then we went right into marriage and money. So Dan Hines talked about how do you handle some of the money issues in marriage that are happening maybe during the pandemic, but also whether or not you're in a pandemic crisis, what are some tips that'll help you survive the next crisis that hits the world? And then we heard there from- There will be one. There will. Yeah, it's not an <laughs> if. There's a win. And uh, then we heard from Michael Lacey, who talked about his aha moment on his honeymoon when he you know, was about to go snorkeling. It got canceled. And then he realized, oh, we're in how much debt? Whoa, we need to, we need to fix this. And um, so now here we are. We just wrapped up eight weeks of marriage episodes. How tired are you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, fortunately for us, we have a perfect marriage, so you know we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And when we say we, we're talking about Brandon and his wife, Renee, and then me yeah, and my wife, and Olivia. Not not Jerry and I. Yeah, that's we have a perfect marriage. We really don't fight about anything. <laughs> our, our biggest disagreement is me forgetting stuff. Uh, uh, I, th- I think you know one of the things that you had asked me was you know kind of what was one of my favorite parts about this series yes. or what's something that really stood out and and for me i'm really big on speaking truth over your spouse but really just anybody i mean if you're listening to this and you don't have a spouse maybe you had one and they're gone or you are looking forward to having one someday you can do this to anybody coworkers friends family children whatever uh speak life over them you know, it's really easy to say, you know, you're dumb or you're slow or you're always late or whatever. But imagine speaking the truth that you want over your spouse. And we talked about that is, you know, it, there's there's plenty of people in the world saying that you're not something, you know, you're not yeah. big enough, short enough, whatever it is. You speak truth over the people that you love and nothing's really more important than in a marriage. You're probably the primary uh, cheerleader, you know, fan of this person. So speak some good stuff over them. You know, when you see something good, say it. Uh, one of my close friends told me that uh, she's been married for 40 some odd uh, years. And she said that her husband has always said, thank you for dinner. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned that in uh, that episode, how just that, even if it wasn't true, she said sometimes <laughs> dinner wasn't that great, but he still said, thank you. Yeah. Cause I mean, he wouldn't be lying about the gratitude. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful that you took the time to make that dinner for me. Uh, yeah. I'm thankful for the time that you spent doing this for me or that for me. You know, whether it was done the way you really wanted it or not, say thank you that somebody cared about you enough to do something for you. And I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, our spouse is our employee, and that is not the case. You know, I mean, you do things for each other, yes. 
but you're on the same team and you're striving for the same goals. Yeah. What you speak over people that, that is very much applicable, uh, in marriage. And that's the context that we talked about that. And you, you mentioned you could also do this with people you're not married to. And I'm not saying, you know, go to your coworkers and just say, Hey, you look very beautiful today. I just want <laughs> exactly. you to know that. No, that might land you a meeting with your HR department, but things yeah. you can do with your teammates at work is, you know, I believe you can pull that off. You know, what? I'm right. going to trust you with this job because you've got the skill sets, you've got the experience. You know, and those are the kinds of things you can speak over your team that you have faith in them, that you trust them, and we're going to work together to accomplish this outcome. And the same goes with in, within your marriage that you, you trust your spouse, you love your spouse, you believe in your spouse, you find your spouse beautiful, and together we're going to have a great life. And so, right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up as one of the things that stood out to you the most. I-, I know one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, going back to before the four part series started, Bill Hutchison talking about the work that goes into all the premarital stuff, how important that was to set the vision for the marriage, the purpose of the marriage, and that commitment to really work with each other, even before the wedding ceremony. And he talks about he'll do this work in the six weeks leading up to the actual marriage ceremony. And he tells them, of the six weeks, we're going to spend maybe two hours or four hours, whatever it was, like a number of hours talking about your wedding itself. The rest is going to be about your marriage. Everything that happens after the wedding ceremony. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. It, it still shocks me having done marriages for years and, and raised kids and everything. The people that go into a marriage with no knowledge of, of what's going on other than, you know, you're cute. I'm cute. We love each other. Let's get married. It's yeah. like that, that will fade. Uh, <laughs> but it more importantly, it will not get you through things like pandemic, child illness, financial problems, your parents, her parents, things that will absolutely a hundred percent chance go wrong. Yeah in your marriage, you need something better than, well, I thought you were cute and you thought I was cute. And you know, you need more than that. And, and even when I counsel couples, they, they still say, well, how many times do we have to meet? It's like, I've always wanted to, and this hadn't happened yet. So maybe somebody listening will do this to me one day. I want more (laughs) meetings. I would love for a couple to go. I think we should spend 10 hours. Like uh, Bill talks about, because if we spent an, an entire year or maybe two years leading up to the ceremony, hopefully, and the plan is for you to be married for a good 40, 50, 60 years. So what's spending just 1% of that on preparation for it? Yeah. You and I have done a couple of races and mud runs and stuff, and and we've done a couple where we've done zero prep, and it's been a little bit harder. So imagine if you did a little bit of prep going in. That's not the way you apply for a job. You prep for a job. That's not the way you prep for you know, a big ask. You're going into your boss to ask for a raise. You'll prep for that or even asking a girl out. You you put in a little bit of effort prior to that. Yeah. But we walk into a marriage thinking, yeah, we'll figure it out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, we'll wing this. <laughs> the most important relationship that we've got on Earth, we'll wing it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we'll take the time to figure out how to approach a CEO, a, a manager, yeah. you know, uh, any you know person that we want to get attention from other than our future spouse. And that, that is amazing that you brought that up. And, you know, looking forward to a few episodes later when we talked with Meg Galesner, and she's sharing with us the amount of preparation that she and her husband put into themselves before they even started dating. So, right. you know, they put a focus, especially her, she put a focus on, I'm not dating anybody. I'm going to focus on myself, my growth, my education, my development as a person in Jesus Christ. And then after she graduated, she turned to this guy, Michael, and said, hey, you know, we've been hanging out a lot. We're good friends. Can I have a crush on you? Let's let's go out. And I, I think he asked her out, whatever it was. It worked because they started dating and then within a few months they yeah, they got hitched. But they, they did a lot of research. They asked each other's circles about the other person. And I love the story she tells about going to his host family. Mm-hmm. I think he was staying with somebody while at college or something. Yeah. And just asking because, you know, I can say, Hey, hey Jerry, are you a good guy? And you're gonna say yes. But if I go to the people that have no stake in that, you know, and are honest, go ask those questions. Oh, that'd be embarrassing. It's not as embarrassing as being married to somebody for five years and finding out that they don't want kids or they have a hundred thousand dollars in debt or, you know, they did serve time in prison. You know, you just never asked those questions. So you didn't get the answers. And for some reason, we think it's better to be a little dishonest to enter in the most important relationship in our lives. Yes than it is to be dishonest to like get a job or, you know, I would never lie on a form, you know, for the government. It's like, but you lied to your spouse about what we think is little, like these are how I see things. And we never discussed it. Yeah. Just the basic stuff, kids, religion, and where we're going to live. How do you feel about money? What what are your thoughts on money? And, you know, those kind of things. I love the way Meg and her husband did it because it was a long friendship. Sometimes people are engaged for four or five years and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but use that time, you know, to, to study each other. And if, if I tell anybody anything prior to a marriage, it's okay to break up. Yeah. And that's what dating's for. It's like we dated for a while. I think you're awesome, but we're not heading in the same direction. Money wise, faith wise, whatever it is, it's okay to break up. Yeah. Now, jumping forward to the two conversations we had with Dan Hines and Michael Lacey, uh, two men who realized they needed to be on the same page with their wives <laughs> about money. And when you look at what is the number one topic when couples fight, it, it is typically money. And even when they say it's not about money, money is in there somehow. Maybe it's the money you're spending on your Sancho. Maybe it's the money you're spending on your, you know, whatever, your, your extracurricular affairs. Um, that, those are big, bad problems, but the money is what leads to it. And, um, and there are other times though, where money is just, you know, I know of a couple where they are tight on money and the husband will say to the wife, don't spend this, don't spend that. We're tight on money. And then that Yahoo would turn around and buy himself a $15 lunch or dinner just because he was hungry or he was tired. He didn't feel like waiting until lunch or waiting until dinner or bringing what he brought with him or eating what he brought with him. And it's like, of course you're going to fight about that because it's more than just the money as well, but the money is the trigger. 
But Dan talked about having a monthly budget, no more than that, just for the next month. How are we going to spend our money? How are we going to make the decisions of where our money goes? And then Michael, he talked about automating some things. So money going into savings, money going into debt eradication automatically and never seeing that. Uh, what were some of the things that stood out for you about both Michael and Dan and the, and the advice they gave for married couples? Well, I think what was really good about Dan, especially, was he said, you know, the budget doesn't have to be that strict. Yeah. A budget is not, you know, oh, you know, I need to buy some some insulin, but we're out of money on the budget, so I'm just going to die rather than buy the insulin. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. We There's no reason to be that strict, but it's a guide. It, it's you telling your money where to go rather than your money telling you where you can go. And and his point was kind of like what you just said. There are some people that they don't have much, so they have to be fairly tight on how they spend money. But I've found that people that have enough money, plenty of money, they can get into more trouble than people who don't because oh, yeah. just are not paying attention to it. And then next thing you know, you've run up three or $400 or even even worse, you've spent it on something that neither of you have really planned for. You know, I spent a bunch of money on a boat. It's like, I don't really want a boat that I don't want to go out on the weekends in a boat because I don't like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> not discuss this type of stuff. So if, if you're thinking, well, we have no money, so we don't need a budget or we have plenty of money, so we don't need a budget. You're exactly who needs a budget. You know, the, the people I told some young people this a while back is the people that need a financial planner are not rich people because they already have a financial planner. You know, you need one. If you want to be a rich person, you need somebody helping you manage your money. And a lot of times you can do that yourself fairly simply with just a little spreadsheet or a piece of paper. Just write it down. You know, your husband's going to spend, you know, give him $300 a month to spend on food or whatever it is if he eats out a lot and you have $300 to spend on whatever. Uh, just map it out. And and I think that's what I liked the most about what he said was start something, even if it's two or three lines of a budget and then next month, tweak it a little bit, yeah. make it a little bit more specific, a little bit more detailed, and and eventually you'll make progress. Plus, it's uh, – and I, I won't quote him exactly because I don't remember exactly how he said it, but it, he made a big point about it's a process. You know, you're not trying to get there by May. You're not trying to get there by 2022. You, you're on a journey together, and you need a process to get you there. And that's what this is. It's just a process to get you where you want to go in life. Yeah, I think one of the key things both Dan and Michael talked about was the importance of that conversation, you know, creating that safe space with your spouse so you could talk about money, so you could disagree about how that money is spent. Uh, but because you've created that safe space where you're not, you know, neither one of you is like shaking the spreadsheet in front of the other's face, right. that you're really having that conversation about what are our agreed upon priorities for the month and what are our agreed upon priorities for the long term. And then from there, now we can make decisions about specific numbers. And that was another th- key thing that I think Dan and, and Michael both talked about was the, the value of having that safe space for both of them to come together and as a team make decisions together about what are our priorities for the month. All right, this is where the numbers go then. So once you had your priorities, then you could put some numbers yeah. in there. And then just like you said, the flexibility, maybe you realize, gosh, do we really want to put $300 in that direction? Like, like Right. Could it be 200 and then we put that extra 100 over here? Yeah, that's fine. And you know what? 
that's fine. <laughs> it's like there's yeah. no, you know, Dave Ramsey's not going to jump out of your walls and say, no, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, too, like you said, it, 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 it's a, it's a team thing. Yeah. You know, throw the ball, you catch the ball. We need both to be successful to win. Yeah. So throwing the budget up in front of somebody's face and penalizing them or punishing them doesn't make any sense because they're on your team. You want both to be successful then you need to work it out. It's like, okay, this this month we did this and we need to really do that. Using things like we is is very important. Oh, yeah. Because the conversation can turn really quickly to, well, you do this always, every time, and that's never healthy in a marriage to use that kind of language. And the thing I liked about Michael's um, conversation, and even though it was a, probably what we would consider the wrong way to do it, he found out on his honeymoon yes. about all this debt. You know, <laughs> Obviously, he agreed that had he known sooner, he probably would have had that conversation, but there are. it's really easy to put on nice clothes, brush your hair, and have a first date, maybe even a 10th date. But at some point, you need to just go sit somewhere at a park, whatever, and say, Let's talk about, you know, put down some topics. Let's talk about kids. Where do you want to live? Where do you ultimately want to be in five years, 20 years, 50 years? Uh, When we retire, do you want to live in the south of France or in Southern California? You know, these are all important topics to discuss because otherwise you get to a point where it's like, well, I always wanted to move to France and you didn't. And we've been married for 20 some odd years and you're just now telling me this. Yeah. <laughs> Share those things. Maybe we'll never do it. You know, maybe Southern California is out of the question too, but at least we know what's on each other's heart because we've discussed it. I would ultimately like to do this or do that. And, you know, he, and, and Michael was talking about his wife was a teacher, which is pretty much a prior to, you know, February of this year anyway, a, a pretty much guaranteed job. It's going to happen every year. It's, you know, we'll always need teachers. Well, guess what? School's shut down for the pandemic. So yeah. what, do, what do teachers do? And uh, then she had to decide, does she want to go back into the school? So having these conversations make it a lot easier to transition during what we always remind people will absolutely happen. I don't know what it'll look like for you, but your car will break, your house will break, you will break, things happen. And knowing how each other feels about things will make that much, much smoother. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about you know, Bill and his message for couples who are about to be married. We fast forwarded to Meg talking about 31 years plus of marriage. And and then we talked about the guys in the middle talking about money and marriage. And then now you got our four episodes. And one of the ones that uh, stand out to me is the first part in that four part series where we talked about some standout statistics that surprise people about the true state of marriage. And one of them for me was the uh, the fact that it isn't one out of two marriages ends in divorce because when you dug deeper, it turns out that conclusion was derived from apples and oranges. You know, the number of marriages, li- marriage licenses applied for versus the number of divorces filed. Uh, and so you're looking at new, uh, new marriages, new licenses being filed versus all marriages of all time being dissolved or filed right. for for dissolution. And so that alone is not an accurate number. And I think when you dig deeper and you analyze that, you run some analytics, you, you come out with maybe, maybe it's more like one out of four marriages in a divorce. So it's like, okay, well, it's not that bad. Um, what, what were your thoughts on, on that episode? 
Well, I think back to that and think, well, the only marriage you really care about is yours. Yeah. You know, you, you hope everybody else is doing well, too, but you worry about yours. What I think that new way of kind of looking at that stat benefits, how it benefits you is it's not as likely you're going to get a divorce as you think you are. You know, yeah. it's easy for us to say, well, half of all marriages end in divorce. So the fact mine did it is in a big shocker. It's like, that's a terrible way to look at things because like we were talking about when you, when you enter a race or something, it's like all but one don't win the race. Yeah. Does that mean you don't <laughs> run the race. No, you give you know, it a the shot. Odds are greatly stacked against you. You're not going to win, but you run. And, and the, the point is your marriage has way more impact on the world than what you realize, even though you think, well, we don't have a lot of friends or we don't have a, we don't have a ministry. We don't have a big impact on the world. It does because your kids or other kids or other couples are going to see your marriage and how it reacts. We recently had uh, a friend of ours uh, come stay with us a day or two, and uh, she's recently divorced. And she mentioned, and this is my favorite compliment to get, that she wanted her marriage to be like ours, that we tease each other, we joke around, we just are genuinely happy. And I, I always joke about, well, yeah, when co- company's over, Renee's really nice to me. But uh, in reality, we we are that way. That's how we act with each other because, you know, we're going to live for however long, be happy. Yeah. Bring happiness to your marriage. Don't go into it thinking, well, I heard this stat. So, you know, go into it thinking, well, 100% of my marriage is going to last and I'm responsible for this one. I'm not responsible for the other ones. But chances are, if you put a little bit of effort into it and listen to these podcast episodes over and over every day, you'll be really good at this. Oh, yeah. And I love that you brought that up. It's, it's what you bring to it. It's that decision you make in the marriage. Because, I mean, Bill talked about it. You know, you go in purposefully, you go in intentionally, and things are going to turn out better. Then you look at these statistics that say, you know what? Things are not as bad and gloomy as you think. You really have a lot more going for you, especially if you go to church together, you pray together, you serve together. Those yep. things help unify you and your spouse. And uh, you mentioned earlier, just in this conversation, that, you know, we initially get together because we think each other is cute or we love their smile or we think they're beautiful. We think they're hot. And but at some point, you know, those things kind of fade. And it's that conscious decision to trust the other person, to be vulnerable in front of the other person. And so that really is when love kicks in. Uh, I mean, love should already be there at the start, but (laughs) it's got lust all laced through there. It's got all these endorphins laced in there. But when those two things, lust and those endorphins all kind of fade away, it's that conscious decision to love the other person that's left. And that it boils down to what do I choose this morning? What do I choose this afternoon? What do I choose this evening? for my spouse, for the two of us to grow stronger together. And it's really neat that you brought that up. Whether you knew it or not, you brought it up. <laughs> and uh, well, so. I like how you put it. It's a choice. You know, you got up this morning and chose to put on clothes and go to your place of employment, whatever that is. Yeah. You didn't do it because somebody guilted you into it. You didn't do it maybe because you even love it or because you uh, were scared of getting in trouble. You did it because you made a choice to do it. 
for better or for worse, that's what you did. And, and marriage is like that. You know, remember, especially to the guys, they're married to us. So they got a much bigger hill to climb than, than we do because, <laughs> you know, we're married to them, but they're making a choice to be in this with you. And sometimes you face things financially or physically or spiritually or whatever it is, you know, job change or, or job loss, where you literally have to make a choice to push through this. And I've been married for quite a while now, and I've seen people go through some horrific stuff, some minor stuff and some medium-sized stuff. And every single time, the ones that make it are the ones that decide that's not part of the equation here. We're going to be together no matter what. So how do we face this? Be it a job, a kid, whatever it is, you have to make that choice. And and life is about that. I choose to see the good in things. You know, that's, that's also how you get through your day is I choose to see the good things. I'm getting paid to be here or I like the people I work with, or at least I'm inside, not working outside. Or, you know, I have a home with air conditioning and four walls. So you have to choose what you pay attention to. Yeah. Now, before we go into our final points, I just want to take us into a commercial break for one of the products we have at Beyond the Rut. It is a goal setting tool. So we've been talking about how to have a purposeful marriage, an intentional marriage. And, you know, how do you how do you measure that? How do you know you're on the right track that you and your spouse are really achieving those financial goals, achieving those vacation goals, those career goals and all that? Well, you got to be able to measure it to make it. And so we've got a tool for you that'll help you identify your life goals, break those down into milestones so you can measure your progress each and every month and know that you're making it. So to get that free tool, go to beyondtherut.com slash goals. You'll just have to enter in some information real quick and you get that download kit and it'll walk you through step by step how to identify what it is you want to get out of life, uh, both um, in your career in your personal life, and how do you create those milestones so that you know you're making it? Now, back to the show. Brandon, thank you for letting me do that. Uh (laughs) And one of the reasons we did it, the main reason, obviously it's free, so we're not trying to make a bunch of money off of you or anything, is because you and I are both very serious about knowing what's going on, not just thinking, you know, I think I'm losing weight or I think I'm saving money or I think I'm telling my wife good things most of the time, measure it, you know, check it. And I agree. And I I know you would agree with this when sometimes you measure it, it kind of sucks. You're like, well, I thought I lost like four pounds, but turns out I gained five. It's like sometimes truth is not a great thing, but having it allows you to act on it. You know, maybe I need to eat a, a, a little less or I need to walk a little bit more. Or I need to do something. And and the best way to do that is to measure it. Oh, yeah. If you're losing weight, you measure your weight. You measure other things like your waist circumference. You measure your uh, cholesterol levels, you know, those yeah. triglycerides and the ALDL, the LDLs, my fake accent yeah. coming out raw there, uh, LDLs, HDLs, and um, what's that A1C thing that I uh, hear on commercials all the time? Y- yeah. You measure those things. A1 sauce. Oh, hey, that sounds good. Steak. Okay, steak. anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I ordered my groceries earlier. I should have included some steak. Oh, man. <laughs> too late. Too late. Next time. So, well, it's a great way to do that, too, in your marriage, how does this apply? Go to your spouse and ask them. Yeah. How am I doing? Uh, what am I doing? And their initial response is going to be good. Dig a little deeper and say, you know, how am I doing on 
you know, just telling you you're beautiful or supporting you or encouraging you? Do I call enough? Do I, do we go on enough dates? Do you feel like I'm prioritizing work over you or play over you? Maybe I'm playing golf every Saturday or I'm fishing a lot or watching TV a lot. Uh, do you feel like you're a priority? Because A, your heart lies to you all the time and your mind lies to you too and tells you you're doing better than you actually are. But you also may be doing better than you think you are by asking the question. You might find out, no, you're doing really good. You know, when you're golfing, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend or when she's, you know, napping or whatever, you're working in the yard, whatever it is, uh, ask, you know, how are we doing? Yeah. And so that talks about that, that fourth part of that four part series, like what you speak over your spouse. And you mentioned in that episode, how important it is to ask for feedback from your spouse. How am I doing in those areas? So it's really cool. You brought that up. So then the last two episodes in that four part series were really about, it's kind of a twofer. Like the first thing was like some date ideas, some date tips. And the second one was really about just free things you can do, whether it's a date or not to connect with your spouse, to create those moments of memories of conversation and so on out of those two episodes. Uh, and that was, would be episodes 233 and 234 which what what really stood out for you uh when it came to advice on connecting with your spouse uh, the fact that you remember episode numbers but i'm assuming you have notes because that's just kind of the guy you yeah are. i just looked them up because uh, <laughs> i was going to talk about how the one about stats was episode 232 and so there we go I, th- I think what really stands out for me is there there are a number of free things you can do that earn you huge brownie points. And if you really want to leave a legacy with your marriage, the best way to do it is to take advantage of some of those things. You know, do the little things. Yeah. Because just like measuring and speaking over your spouse and doing things like that, they make the overall building stronger when you do the small things, you know, make sure it's nailed in good, make sure that it's protected from the outside. And, and I know I'm kind of talking from a male perspective, but uh, you know, guys think in terms of building something, mm-hmm. if you're going to build something, put in the work ahead of time to make sure you've got a good foundation. The walls are secure. The doors are shut good. They're tight, you know, and you're protected from some of those things because not everybody wants you to have a successful marriage. So there's going to be a tax on it. If you prepare and plan and check and recheck, you know, trust, but verify go, you know, we talk a lot about the military and stuff. You, those guys walking around the outside perimeter are there for a reason to oh, check. Yeah. Not that we didn't set it up, not that we're not paying attention, but check, make sure, you know, that they only need a little hole to get in. And when you let little compromises into your marriage, it makes it really easy for the enemy to come all the way in and break it down. And next thing you know, you're, you're sitting alone going, Oh, why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I do that? Yeah. You know, trust, but verify, go check the perimeter. Yeah, what is it uh, about keeping foxes out of your garden? You know, they're trying to ruin the crop. And that's exactly what happens when you're taking a a gauge of how things are going in your marriage. And you do that through those conversations. You do that through having some goals set and you check them regularly. It's not a one and done. Hey, you know what? We should be good. I told you I love you at the wedding ceremony. Why are you mad about this 15 years later? It's like, 
you haven't said I love you in 15 years. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> I went to the doctor when I was 30. It's like, uh, you should go to the doctor more often. Yeah, you know, you know? just because uh, he said you were good at 30 doesn't mean you're still good. Things change. You know, the wind blows. My optometrist makes fun of me because I go in every five years and he dogged me out the last <laughs> time I went in. He's like, all right, you know, I'd say come back next year and get tested, you know, another exam and see if you need bifocals. And, but I, I, can tell you're not going to be back for five years and you'll probably need bifocals when you come back so you just have to you got five years to embrace that jerry and i was like ah so it's and been four years this gets ignored a lot and i know in my personal experience i've dealt with this quite a bit is you know well if it doesn't work out i'll just marry somebody else you know i'll just start over or whatever and the only thing that a divorce does is make a little bit of money for an attorney that's really about <laughs> yeah. all that the only person that benefits in a divorce is the attorney because you still have the spouse, you still have the kids, you still have all the issues. You're just now not legally married anymore. So putting a little bit of work in now can save you. It's kind of like oil changes. You know, you can pay 50 bucks to get your oil changed on a regular basis, or you can pay a couple of grand in a couple of years to have a whole new engine put in. And that's going to cause other problems within the car. So put in the little work now so you don't have to put in the big work later. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, but Jerry, Brandon, I've been married for 15 years and I am the guy that said I love you once. And, you know, and I didn't write any letters. I haven't done any of this stuff. I'm afraid to go to my wife and find out that I've been doing a horrible job and all this. But no matter how bad the news is, it's fixable if you ask the question. If you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. You're just flying blind, hoping everything's going good. And and I'm all for hope, but don't hope on blind faith. You know, hope based on some knowledge. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. If you want to be brave about it, you know, up and face the men who hate us, you know, up and face the things that are threatening your marriage. So you want to be strong? You're going to have to be vulnerable and face the music on that and be willing to make some changes to let your spouse know you really value the trust she has in you. Um, now, what we're going to do is we're going to package these nine episodes together into a page called beyondtherut.com slash healthy marriage. And we'll send this out to our email list, all, you know, like 40 of you. you know, thank you so much for your support and staying in touch <laughs> with us. You pronounced 40,000 wrong. Uh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I need to put some more zeros on my thinking. I, I told a friend that the other day. Uh, so yeah, beyondtherut.com slash healthy marriage. We'll have all these, uh, these specific nine episodes grouped together. Uh, but if you want to see any of the other content we've had around marriage, you, you just go to beyondtherut.com and we have a box in there where our podcast episodes are split up by topic. So faith, family, fitness, finances, future possibility. Click one of those. Click the one on family and that'll take you to not just the ones on marriage, but also on parenting and healthy relationships. So there's another way to find that. Or you can use the search bar. Just type in marriage and any topic that we've talked, any episode where we've talked about marriage will come up, especially if I put the word marriage in the show notes. Brandon, any final tips before I do the sign off? 
I would say definitely share these with your friends and family because uh, healthy marriages help all of us. You know, those of us that are just living in the world, we want your marriage to be healthy because you'll raise better kids and we'll have fewer issues if marriages stay together. So don't be afraid to just send that link to some friends and say, hey, check these out. Worst case scenario, they're like, yeah, those guys are idiots and they ignore them, but (laughs) you may save somebody's marriage. Or, you know, share the link on your social media, you know, tag a bunch of people, let them block you. Um, you Yeah. And you don't have to tell them they're having a bad marriage. You could just tell them, hey, I I found this thing that makes me a little stronger, you know, and if you found a good exercise or a good gym or restaurant or whatever it is, you would recommend it. That's what we're saying. Just recommend this as a little boost into their relationship. You never know what will happen. And if you're out there and you turn that nine-episode series into a men's group study or a men's Bible study, please reach out to us. Share us the content. We'll post it in there uh, some way. Somehow we'll find a way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll partner together, collaborate something, and listen. Sorry. Ice is back with a brand new edition. Will it ever stop? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, if you like everything. (laughs) (laughs) What? What just happened? Who knows? Uh, but if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 239. And there you'll find the, the show notes for this episode, links to the other eight episodes we talked about. But also, uh, if you want to share all nine, like the list of all nine episodes with your friends, your family, your coworkers, that neighbor across the street, then beyondtherut.com slash healthy marriage will do that you'll have all nine episodes listed but if you're looking for just the show notes on this episode beyondtherut.com slash 239 now the best way you can pay us back is really to pay us forward so share the link to this episode with others beyondtherut.com slash 239 share it on your social media tell folks about it in your church groups in your bible studies at work wherever you think this would have the most impact share it there And, you know, we're glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.